Yeah, so hello guys, welcome to an on about nothing transfer special. So for the next two months at least, or latest until after the end of the transfer window, this podcast will be Monday, or rather every start of every week, and it will be me bullish and whoever I choose. So bullish, I know I said it in the last podcast but yeah there's no moderator there's no element that it bothers our local <laughs> we are free yes yes this is our time to shine <laughs> exactly so the the button has been passed to us so Alice, Alice, you can do as you like but thank you for joining thank you for taking time to be here to join me tonight yeah uh good anytime you are listening to this everyone uh this is a special edition with uh the Marxist, uh, who promise to provide as much information as possible and then uh, break down some of the uh, teams and the way they are shaping up already. So, yeah, it promises to be fun. Yeah, it does. And I was going to start with Barcelona and Lewandowski, but I feel like news, some reports came into the area that we need to first dive into. Like, there is scam and then there is scam. <laughs> Man is saying that they are going to pay ten million for the young, extra ten million if 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 they win a trophy. As in that's that's the level of Yahoo that we have not we did not look at it. You know, there are sometimes that you see some you know some trade losses and then you start wondering. And you know, some teams they understand that those things will not work out, so they will make sure they collect the heavy amount. But there are some clauses that are just a case of ripping people off. For example, Masha has a Ballon d'Or clause <laughs> in his contract. <laughs> that man has already effectively scammed <laughs> those because there's no way they are getting any Ballon d'Or <laughs> yes, trophy. So that kind of clause. And the truth is, and some of these clauses will be time, you know, time bound, you know, they'll be they'll be limited. It's not as maybe forever and ever. So something like that. So when I saw that report, I don't know if it's exactly true. You know, this period, there's rumors, there's um, official exactly. uh, documentation, there's official discussion. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a rumor or if it's something that is true. But the truth is, when I said it, it was just too funny. Because United has not, has not been a liable team. Yeah, they have a new manager. Yeah, they're making some kind of efficient signings. But still, you can't rely on United for trophies. So... Putting 10 million, not even 1 million, 10 million of the transfer fee on uh, United with the trophy is a no go area. They know it's obvious they know what they are doing. Like they want to split that money somewhere. I'd be like, and I even say, um, trophy in the next two years. I mean, like the next year, they probably won't win anything. So basically, they're food of his company. Yeah. No, they, like, I think what they what they probably banked on probably forgot they they forgot that uh, we've changed presidents you know maybe they, <laughs> they, they said let, let us try it you know they forgot that he's no longer uh, what's the, this guy he's no longer uh, Bartomeu that is uh, at the end of affairs in Barcelona they probably probably Bartomeu probably would have accepted you know <laughs> and uh, and uh, accepted that kind of clause because he was just doing business Bartomeu Think of the worst kind of business you can think of in terms of any transfer. Like, double it times five. That's what Batomir does. Like, he will make sure that this player, I'm going to do the worst deal. Let me give you a small, small example. A year 
before Cotillo signed a new deal at Liverpool. We're supposed to sign Cotillo. And you know when players have just one year left on their contract, you're able to negotiate properly with the player, right? And you're yeah. able to say, okay, and you're able to negotiate with the club and say, okay, okay, I know this guy is your, is your talented player, but he has just one year left. If you don't sell him now, you lose him for free. Let us buy him for 35, you know, that kind of what like what Man City did that. This guy, if you don't sell him with his release clause now, you know, Alland, he will go for free next year. Let's give you something for him. You know, that's not that kind of thing. Now, yeah, exactly. Cotillo did not sign with us. And that summer, he went ahead to sign for five years with Liverpool. At that point, every sensible human uh, uh, football administrator would hands off Cotillo immediately. You would answer, that's what, if you can look at how Madrid has done their transfers, except for very few transfers, once you, once they, they come in one year to your end of contract, or maybe even at the end of your contract, and then maybe in January, you'll now make an agreement before the end of the contract and sign. Once Continuo signed that extra new five-year deal with um, Liverpool for new money, immediately we should have avoided him because in the first place, it was not even the best fit for us, but trust Batomi to make you know, the worst deal. So I think United were banking on Batumi making the worst deal you know, possible. But luckily for us, there's a new sheriff in town. I mean, uh, that's, I mean, like, Barcelona have staved off, I mean, they've staved off that crisis for now. And at some point, there's no way Batumi will pay for his sins eventually. Because the things he did to rock that club, like, if you see the wage bill now, Barcelona still paying the price. And speaking of Barcelona and the wage bill, I think we have to talk about um, Lewandowski, because even though the move is still uncertain and shaky, I feel like we have not really discussed what this potential move will do for not just Barcelona but La Liga as a group. Because La Liga don't have that superstar name anymore. They lost, they lost Messi, and I think to an extent, Tebas and the rest were banking on Mbappe coming in. So I feel like now, how would they look at getting Lewandowski? as a big name for the league, not just a player for Barcelona, like, like a, sponsor, a sponsorship target for the La Liga as well. I think it's, it's a, it's almost, it's a kind of a beneficial move from almost everyone involved. It feels like, Lewandowski, I think Lewandowski personally feels like, I think I've done my best in Bayern, you know, I've won Champions League, I've won the league, I've won everything there. I feel like if I, I can go somewhere else and do something, and I think that if I'm able to do what I'm supposed to do in somewhere like Barcelona, it will help my chances, you know, winning Ballon d'Or again or stuff like that. And obviously, except anyone wants to deny it, the influence, you know, Ronaldo and Messi had, you know, that duo for seven, eight, for nine straight years, you know, it gave La Liga some, you know, much needed publicity, revenue, TV rights, all those things. And you could even, in terms of discourse, online, you know, conversation about the league, it was more prominent when, you know, we had that um, combination in the league. And losing, you know, Messi, losing Neymar, losing Ronaldo, all the space of three, four years, obviously, you know, you can see the effects on the league. And that's why the uh, Tebas was trying to strong-arm Laporta last year to make sure he signed Messi. He wanted to tell him that, ah, he was telling the fans that, ah, it's a lie, it's no money. There's this, uh, we wanted him to sign one deal. <laughs> To try to keep yeah, messing, but he almost tried to break every loophole possible. Yes, now because he knows that if he wants to, he wants to strong-arm Barcelona to sign the deal so that if they sign the deal, they can keep messing. Because some of all those deals they sign, obviously, 
is also dependent on what you are offering, what's on display. So I think one of the things that would, that would happen this coming season, yes, they will want to pit Lewandowski, Benzema. You know, Benzema had the fantastic, fantastic season last year, won the league. They want to pit that. Then they will, they will want a situation at least where the two teams are trying to strive, you know, to try to win the league. So, and yeah, to and also the, help the two, the two, the two, the two teams, teams yeah. So, not a situation like last year where almost before half of the season, it was almost like we're not even in the title race. So, that kind of thing. Lewandowski is going to solve a lot of things because he's not just like his ability to score goals. I was, you know, sometimes some people always say they want when they want to narrate someone, especially when he's no longer in with their team or when they he's not he's going to a team they don't like. You know, I you can, if you go back to the way he played with Dortmund, Dortmund played, played the Genge pressing fast game where it was not as if uh, it's just stay at the ninth position. They moved. There was fluidity in, in, up front. He could play from the right, even though it was mostly their points man. So I think Barcelona is is so even clear. Even looking at how Obama, 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 Obama played for a few for that six months from January that he played with us, you could see that oh, yes, you know, chances are being created in this Javi system. So you just need someone that is prolific and is good to you know score. So it's like a win-win situation for everyone involved. So I'm really, really looking forward to you know to Barcelona closing that deal and then we, we are getting him into the team. Yeah, and given that there's still at least two months of the transfer we do left, it feels like he's boiling for a transfer. So reports report are that he's in Maloka, he's you know, he's having his uh, what's it called vacation. Uh precision has started at least trainings anyways, I started with Barcelona. So there there is a up there's the because one of the communication that Javi had was that he wants to have at least eighty to ninety percent of whoever is going to be in the team. For you know, mid to the end of July, so that you know he's already training. Is this the first time he's actually having the chance to you know work with them? Not like in the season where you cannot really you know iron out all your things. So uh, hopefully by by the end of this coming week, we will even know what's going on. I think Rafinha might actually come. That's on that's one surprise deal that I think we are still in the game for. I, I think Rafinha might actually happen before Lewandowski's deal because. The discussion has been the same on the Rafinha side. The player has agreed terms with Barcelona almost uh, about four months now. And if Leeds had relegated immediately the next day, we would have paid his release clause because he already had agreements in place, no discussion, not going forward. But because they didn't relegate, that uh, clause did not trigger. So we have to negotiate. But now, the difference is, if I think about 10 million, that Barcelona is saying, let us pay 10 million in variables, and then um, Chelsea is paying everything up front. But I think what will happen at some point is, if Chelsea is saying that the player is not really, uh, you know, is not very enthusiastic about coming, I think they might eventually back out, giving us the opportunity to sign him. The yeah, and part- that is definitely yeah? a key factor, because according to reports, he has told his agent that to disregard Chelsea and Arsenal links or any incoming beats like this his mind is set at Barcelona and you can and I think player power tells him to that extent even it's one of the reasons why Lewandowski is still there's still a bit of Lewandowski coming because basically both, both players have been like okay yes or I know other clubs want me but I don't want to go anywhere else I'm set myself to the new camp so I feel like that's the advantage Barcelona have in particular at this point 
So, but I want to I want to even ask you, what do you think will be the uh, dynamics if we sign if we are able to get someone like Rafinha? Do you think because currently on that uh, right wing we have Trincao, we have Colado. I know you don't really know that Colado, but yeah, Alex Colado. Colado, yeah. So he's really fast, really pacey. You know, that's why they've released Adama Traore because obviously. Colado is staying because he was on loan last year. So we have Trinka, we have Colado. Currently, Dembele is negotiating. So if do you think if they sign Rafinha, do you think Dembele will still stay, or, or what do you think is going to happen in that in that say, position? Um, I don't think Dembele will stay if they sign Rafinha because I think first of all the wage bill is high, and second, there is too much uncertainty towards. Dembele, Barcelona, and the whole situation. I think that I think that speaks to the fact that Barcelona are thinking, okay, if you can get a better option, do we really need to start bargaining with Dembele? Because basically, for the past eighteen months, he has basically helped Barcelona to ransom. Is it contract, sign contract, don't sign contract, take wage, take wage cut, don't take wage cut, and so, so on and so forth. And now I feel like there's the point whereby Barcelona have the negotiating power. Like, okay, yes, for the past. Two years or so you've been dictating. You know, it's time for us to dictate. Like you can't you can't you can't make demands of us anymore. Because we have we have better youth players coming up and we have a potential new signing coming in, which is something to look at as well. And I feel like if you get Rafi, I think it changes the dynamic of the that the right to position as well. Because Adam Atarori was a out and out winger and since the Atletico game where he played very well, he has not he didn't really perform anyway at to that level. Now one way traffic. Thank God yeah, he has gone back. And Rafia is a more incisive winger, can score goals, can create, can cut in from the right. So I feel like to, even tactically it gives Baka something different. And I feel like sticking with Baka and Wingers or players that are not here. I think we should talk about Antoine Griezmann. And you said last time that one of the worst deals, but the deal was continue. I feel like the worst transfer for the past five years was Griezmann. I'm um, not just the transfer fee. Because that Barcelona did not need Griezmann for anything. There was no position Griezmann was going to fill there. And now Griezmann is in limbo. Atletico Madrid said that life. I'm not paying any money for anybody because for the past six months, his form has fallen off a cliff. He might not even start for France again anymore at this point. So I feel like where does where does those those leave Griezmann in Barcelona? So I you know I think there's still there's still an ongoing conversation. I think what Atletico is trying to do, they don't want to pay the I think 40 million or so they are supposed to pay, and they are trying to uh, renegotiate how that deal will stand. Meaning, normally there's also say okay second year you pay 40 million and then you take him. But I think there's something about oh, if he plays fifty percent of the fifty uh, percent, if he, if he plays fifty percent for five minutes of fifty percent of the games in the going season, then that's when they trigger the forty-five million naira deal. And the only reason why you know I'm not um, I'm not going to put uh, Griezmann as one of the worst is that as much as we didn't need Griezmann and we needed a winger, you know, or if out and out nine to play with Messi and we didn't provide that we we're providing someone that is playing like Messi's role it was just ridiculous the only reason why I will not put him as one of the worst is that he still even though he didn't he didn't fit he was still you know 
if he played, scored goals, won the league with us. Like, he still did some things with us. Do you get? So, so that's just the, that's yeah, the reason why I'm like, that's why I like, or at least he contributed. He won Copa de Rey with us. Like, you, you, there are some games that, you know, I, I watched that I was really the one that, you know, dig deep, you know, score some goals. So that's like, at least I saw him in our jersey for a tangible amount of time. Even though he was not the best product on display, but I saw him in jersey. Coutinho was just out of it because the style of play, playing like an AMF, you are not Ronaldinho. Is Ronaldinho, is only someone as talented as Ronaldinho that can make us revert back to that style of play when we have Messi on, on the floor. So, it just everything did not just make sense. At least Griezmann could even slot into that nine sometimes, sometimes, even though it was not very effective. But Coutinho was just out of it. The same thing happened with Coutinho, happened to Griezmann also. He had the contract, contract dispute. He did a documentary, if you remember, that picked yeah, like the, yeah, he, and said nothing will happen. Like, and, said, and, he, and he said he went ahead to sign you deal. Players like that, why are we signing them? They should go. If once you have got to that level, they should go. So, but I, I think I don't think there's any room for Griezmann in Barcelona. I think that is clear. Even from the beginning, Xavi has said that this guy I don't want him. He's not. He's not part of my plans. So he's not. I don't think he's going to return. Yeah, and that's. I think that's why I said Griezmann is stuck in limbo because Barcelona don't want him back. Atletico Madrid don't really want to keep him, and I feel like to an extent we can move to Atletico Madrid yet because. Um, people have been talking about oh Barcelona in trouble financially. They need to clear their debts and so on. So Atletico Madrid are in the same problem because they are they, most of the time they were banking on Morata, so Juve signing Morata, and then Juve were like, no, we are not paying that money for, for him. If you, if you can give yourself to us for free, no problem. But to pay money, we don't want to do. And now Morata has gone back to Atletico Madrid. Is any ridiculous with this? He has fallen out with Simeone. And now that the team also needs to cut wage bill because they've spent some amount of money on again they they made some ridiculous buys in the past three years or so. So are they in a worse boat than Barcelona? Something or slightly better? I think for Atletico Madrid, I I can't say they are in a better position than Barcelona because. Looking at some of the things that Laputa has done, you know, we've done a lot of cleaning of house, you know, we've reduced the weight bill. We have even, we even get to the point where we are even considering adding attacking threats like uh, Rafinha, you know, Lewandowski. So he's looking more optimistic for us than Atletico. I think what has happened with Atletico is that I don't know if there's a, a breakage in communication probably in the last two, three years between the uh, management and Simeone because it feels like they bring in talents that uh, really, really do not fit into what Simeone likes. To do. And it doesn't fit the philosophy at all. No, no, no. Uh, you, you, know, you know the kind of way Simeone likes to play. You know the kind of things he did to win you the league, to get you to the Champions League final. If you are going to compete and, you know, you have given Simeone the long-term contract. It's not as if maybe you give him a two-year contract that you are willing to let him go. And I'm sure even if his contract expires tomorrow, it will be difficult for you to let Simeone go because there are very few managers, the top managers in the world, available. Because if Simeone is available today, he will get a job today. So if you let him go, you are, it's, at, it's your loss. So the fact that he's even been loyal to you is the more reason why you should work with him more effectively. Look at the kind of resources you guys are providing. 
do they really key to the world manager is? Because if if the, if you are buying players, you know that don't really fit into the style, yeah, you, you'll be making the job difficult for the manager. You end up not getting success on the floor, and you are, end up with a lot of players that look as if they are wasting. See Thomas Lemans. Sometimes I watch their games, and I feel like, what's this guy doing here? Like, in, yeah, sometimes they, he tries, they, but they had no business buying Thomas Lemans. So and they spent a lot for him. So. When you start spending money like that and you're not getting returns on the pitch, that's when it feels like you are stuck with a lot of um, a lot of players that you can't move because you know their value has dropped or you you are not getting you know results from them. So I think they are a bit stuck, but because they have Simeone, you know, when you have someone like Simeone, you know, when you give him Guguru, misses the power, but any any you come up with Shama. So that, I think that's what they are. That's what they have been enjoying for the. For the last uh, five, six years, you know, the ability of Simone to, you know, even though they are not giving him what he wants, take some of all this trash and then mix it together and come up with something nice. But they really, they, they are, they are, I think they are worse than Barcelona because they are stuck with some of the, the problem is, the problem is not even signing players. They are, the problem is if the value of the players drop and you are stuck with them, the way we have been stuck with Titi, but luckily for us, we've been able to break down his wage to, you know, the best level, Lenglet hopefully leaves for Tottenham. So we are in a better position than Atletico. Yeah, and that's definitely something to look at for because Atletico needs to make the kind of signings that Diego Simeone wants, but they will need to offload the players that nobody wants before they can make that sign. So they're in a very tricky situation. I feel like we should also we should also round up some confirmed transfers that dropped today. Calvin Phillips' move to Master City has been confirmed. But meanwhile, Gabriel Jesus has been confirmed to Arsenal for $45 million. And then uh, the signings of Christensen and Frank Kessie from Barca have also been confirmed, which is another addition to the team. The only issue now is whether the registration goes through. And today there were rumours again, there have been rumours again resurfacing that Ericsson might be considering Manchester United. I, I've, been, I've been seeing the post. You know, I, I even saw some, you know, caught up with Ericsson in the jersey. I think people are saying uh, Tenag really wants Ericsson, you know, in the team. And I think they're even open, offering, offering him like two times the salary Brentford was offering him. Yeah, and that's definitely interesting. But I just wonder, though, like, again, United are not trying to spend on the key areas. Like, Okay, you have Bruno Fernandez. Okay, Ericsson is okay. Ericsson is a better creative talent than Fernandez, who is a disruptor. But you don't really need Ericsson. You need someone behind Bruno Fernandez to do the work. I think you know this. this that's all. You know the last pod. You know we're talking about setting your plan in motion and then buying things to key into your plan. Someone like Calvin Phillips will probably be have been a better fit. You know, exactly for United than a, a Christian Eriksen or even the young because of the kind of talent they have. Because you have you have Bruno Fernandez, you have Fred, you have those guys that can actually play up front a little bit. Someone like Calvin Phillips will slot in easily there, but Man City has signed him. So that's that's how you begin to look at what is going on with all these transfers and what these uh, teams are doing. And it's called that the teams that that know what they are doing, they are not that much. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And I think we are going to finish on United and one particular player. Because when he joined last season, people were like, 
if you bring him and ten logs, logs of wood, he will win the trophies for you. Challenger, you so you, the challenger, <laughs> he goes, he proves himself. So the, now they finish sixth. They were they were praying, they prayed to Brighton to help them not to get to Conference League, and Brighton said the prayers. And now as we are in that. Our beloved number seven is, does not want to play as United again. So they suddenly they don't have ambition anymore. And Only, you know, they say, come and be going to Ecclesiastes. I come <laughs> and go and play ball in uh, Damascus. <laughs> you think twice now. But, ah, this place is, is this my mood? Me, I read this place. So, ah, they say, ah, that's where it's, if you don't teach Shelenye, or go and go and go to Kazakhstan, you go and play football. Uncle, I'm going to small cringe. So now those, I mean? <laughs> those are the calculations that Ronaldo did. I said, ah, oh, my. if I go like this, <laughs> I hope I'll be okay. And you know, those competitions, you know, the, the lesser the competition you are playing against, the more prone to injury you are. That is a fact. Everybody knows that. And then the travel time, the logistics of even competing, that's, you know, that kind of position. It's just, it just, it just, it's just a case of you know someone that is Texan, and we've told them that this guy is not, is not at that point where you can do create everything about your team towards him. You have to actually have a system, then he can help you now, you know, convert your chances. You know, you can you make him play into your system. But United brought him in, and then they were treating him like he was one, he was that 26, 27 year old. You know, Ronaldo, where, you know, all balls to him, where he had the ability, power, speed, energy, focus, to do all those things. So Yeah, and it also speaks to the fact of what you said, that a club does not have a plan. Basically, United also bought Ronaldo because they wanted a, they saw a new toy. And, ah, yeah, let's get, let's get, let's get involved, let's get And basically, that's, some of their transfer plan has been like that for the past four it's years. Not, they got because they know how much is getting. They got spread, same thing. And like, for these things now. And you know the funny thing, this one it was almost like you could see the old craze on social media then, where you know uh, Rio Ferdinand and uh, was talking about it, and they were you know it was it was it was making it known that we are going to make sure we sign this guy, and people were like, Jorge Mendes is just playing, he's, he's doing his job as a proper agent, you know, creating the market where there was no market, and you guys yeah. fell for it because their team. Fine, yes, um, only gonna, you know, they were mostly on the counter every time. And then when they played teams that sat back, it was a problem for them. But still, this is something you keep building. Even if you want to get another manager, you keep building chemistry, keep building, especially among front three guys. But bringing someone like Ronaldo to disrupt what's going to happen, well, I think it's clear. It's, it's even doing them if you were asking out. Because on a normal day, it will have been difficult for them to tell him to go. Exactly, they can't. They can't. They can't even tell him to up. Now that he's asking to leave, I think the best thing for them is to just work with another team. You know, get uh, get uh, what's it called? Get someone young. See, for example, I don't know what everyone was looking at where Manchester went to sign that Julian Alvarez, and I'm looking at the guy, and I'm watching some clips. I saw a, a, a game, the one against City that he came in. I'm like, this guy. How did Man City go and how did everybody look? After Man City, you knew that Man City has gotten a land. You allow Man City to still pick up this guy as their second option. How? How were, what were the scouts? All the scouts that they are paying millions of dollars to in all these different clubs. What exactly are they looking at? 
That I, I just don't understand. It's definitely and again, it's a club with a plan because they knew what they were going for and they went in. They didn't go, oh yes, okay, we want somebody, we don't want somebody. We want Junior Alvarez and we're getting Junior Alvarez and they got Junior Alvarez. It's as simple as that. And that's basically uh, basically just close the book on that. And meanwhile, we've heard that um, our number seven is not coming to train. It's not resuming training for quote unquote personal reasons. But no other. It's interesting to see how that unfolds. So I feel like for our first episode, that's all we have for today. We'll definitely be back next week because between now next week, more transfer issues will have come uh, up. No only, only God knows what my United have said on the young at this point, at that point now, because I think every day is a new story. So it's definitely interesting to figure out. And for the next so, two months, they should, they should bring money. Barcelona is willing to, you know, to sell him because his, his, con- his contract is uh, the fee he agreed with Batomi is way too much. So my United should come and sign him. We have we have quite enough talent in Mitridge. Mitridge is not our problem. Yeah, at this point, maybe they will they will spread the money in installment. Maybe if they win Champions League, <laughs> they will say, they will you collect five million. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I'm like, grandchildren, where did they go? Where That's what we have for today. So, Bollies, thank you for joining me. We'll be back again. Yeah, thank you guys for being with us. Yeah, cheers, everyone.